Hi everyone, it's Catherine Murphy and today we're talking Barnaby Joyce. <laughs> that, was a, that was a brief and beautiful pause there from my co-conspirator Gabrielle Chan, who is in the studio for this special On the Road episode of Australian Politics Live. Gabby has been back to New England. My favourite, the town of my upbringing. Your birth. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm a Sydney oh, okay. person. I right. was born in Sydney. Okay. But I, I did grow up in Tamworth. So, yeah, it is a, it is my stomping ground. So you've been back to my stomping ground. What do you think? Well, we didn't do any manies oh. in Tamworth. Peelies? No. No, Peelies. Yeah, it's not manies, my friend. Oh, it's Peelies. It would be Peel Street. P-E-E-L Street. Drop the clutch right at the intersection with Brisbane Avenue, and you're off. Yeah, we yeah. we, we you didn't do we any did that. a tour. We did a tour of your old old stomping ground. Lovely, though. good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, but we're not actually talking about <laughs> me or about Gabby. We are talking, as discussed, about Barnaby Joyce. Let's track back because we're going to have lots of great insight about your trip coming up in this episode. Let's go back to election night and what the hell happened because you were watching. Unlike me, you watched New England. I was watching the uh, the wave breaking in an entirely different way to the way we thought it over would the in, whole country, in most of the country. Uh, but you were watching a number of these rural uh, regional contests, including New England. So what happened? New England obviously was a contest with a lot of independents. Well, three three major independents. Barnaby Joyce had come off a shocking term, I think we can all say, um, both for his personal mm. life and his Somewhat professional mm. life. He mm. lost the deputy prime ministership. You know, his marriage fell apart. He had an affair with a staffer. He, during his time as agriculture minister, the live export industry has got into trouble there's no national drought policy. All, all these things were on Barnaby's plate going into the election. And, of course, the coalition was slated to lose. Now, in regional areas, we saw a lot of anger. I covered a lot of anger in seats like Farrah. So it looked like regional seats would be in trouble. And certainly Indi, for the first time, was handed from one independent to another, much to the chagrin of the coalition government. But Barnaby's seat kind of broke the mould in a lot of ways. Here was everyone else in Australia expecting Barnaby to really lose some skin in this election, if not lose his seat. It was a pretty hard ask. It was a big margin. But really, he got a 3% swing towards him on the 2016 general election results. Mm. He lost 10% on the by-election results. You'll remember that was the uh, citizenship by-election that he went through in 2017 and he got a big swing towards him then, I think, because people were of a mind that, oh, look, just get on with it. We just had an election. Um, but still, you, ca- you can't take it away from him that he got a 3% swing or thereabouts um, on the 2016 results. So everyone in Australia to my mind, was going, what the hell happened in New England? And so we went up there to find out.
So we'll get you to introduce yourself, say. I'm Adam Blakester. I stood as an independent candidate in the seat of New England in the recent federal election. And Adam, um, obviously you're not the MP. So what happened here in New England? Mm. It's befuddling to me. That's the technical term I'm using. Uh, If... People outside of this electorate voted on Barnaby Joyce, I think we'd have a different result. But the way that the voters that count, the 110,000 voters in the New England electorate voted, as you say, there was a positive swing toward Barnaby Joyce. And I I feel quite um, appalled by that, I have to say. Perhaps there's a cultural preference here for someone that's a, a head kicker. Uh, and as Joyce self-described, that he had to fire people to get their attention in the bureaucracy, and and then they knew who was boss. And maybe there's a cultural preference for that that style of leadership still here. Though I have to say that saddens me because it's a very divisive style of leadership, and it's a style of leadership that if it played out personally uh, with you, if you were on a board or in a committee or in a in a team with someone who worked that way, it's very, very difficult to work with someone like that. Yet voters have mathematically rewarded choice for his conduct and performance in the last two years. Part of the explanation of why the National Party people are so rusted on is. New England grazier Brian Tomlin has worked in the natural resource management sector for a long time. As farmers, we're pretty insular lot. We spend all day by ourselves, generally with nobody to talk to but our dogs. And, and if we're lucky, we'll go to the pub on Friday night and talk to our mates and we'll find that their dogs have got the same opinion as my dogs. So. We never, the ideas never get challenged. And that attitude has sort of, it permeates through the whole district into the, comes into the towns. And a lot of it also stems from back in the bull boom days of the 50s where the National Party were very strong in Parliament. They did a lot for the rural industries. And people still think that they're the only people who will do something for the rural industries, even though history doesn't bear that out. What, what does it take for people to swing? Because this area, of course, was represented for a long time by an independent, Tony Windsor. Yes, I right. presume there are a chunk of people who voted for both Tony Windsor and Barnaby Joyce uh, in succession. What, where's so, the common ground? Like, what, there, 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 there is no common ground. Um, Tony Windsor, the National Party actually made Tony Windsor an independent. When he went round for state, stood for state parliament, he was the logical member to replace Noel Park. But the National Party, in their wisdom, which is probably questionable, (laughs) decided they needed to broaden their appeal outside the farming community and they went for an administrator at the, the Tenworth Base Hospital. That incensed virtually all the grassroots National Party people and they elected Tony to state parliament as an independent. 
and he grew from there. And when he, when he stood for federal parliament, people could actually see that he was, he was a really useful local member. Um, I didn't think as an independent in the federal parliament he'd do much good, but he did. Um, and what I can't get over is the attitude of the people here say, well, you know, he, he, put a, he gave us a Labor government. Well, if you look at what happened, it took Rob Oakeshott and Tony Windsor 17 days to figure out that Tony Abbott wasn't up to the job. It took the Liberal Party five years to figure that out. But they, they still don't understand that. They just will not accept it. You cannot vote Labor. You've got to vote National Party or you know, Tony was, a, was unique. And it's going to take a really unique person to buck in this district, buck the National Party. So, so did that make a difference? Was that, has that <coughs> decision by Tony Windsor made it harder for subsequent independence? Probably. Yeah. Now he, he gave us a Labor government, even though the Labor, what, what he generated for this electorate was massive amounts of infrastructure, massive amounts of assistance. Um, if it hadn't been for Tony Windsor, Chaffee Dam wouldn't have been upgraded, even though Barnaby Joyce takes the credit because it was finished when, after Tony left. Um, we got a new hospital. At the time, Wagga Base Hospital was in far worse condition than Tamworth. They didn't even get looked at. So he brought a lot of stuff in because of the deals he was able to, to do with the government um, and benefited the electorate. But people just don't want to recognise it. Does the, um, the personal unravelling of Barnaby Joyce make a difference to people here? Do they talk about it on the streets? It's not a big topic of conversation. Um, you'll get the people who are horrified and you get the people who are forgiving. I was saying somebody talking to a mate of his the other day, he was saying he was talking to somebody who was castigating Barnaby's morals and said, well, you're not going to vote for him, are you? He said, well, of course I am. Who else is there? Meeting Barnaby. We were driving down the main street of Armadale and Mike Bowers spotted Barnaby in a car. One, two, three. And we hopped out to have a chat. And in some ways he was quite um, circumspect about the results. Um, okay, do you want to, uh, why don't we start with the swing? Mm -hmm. What happened there? Uh, I think that, you know, I'm very, first of all, I'm very humbled by it. I don't take it for granted. I don't think that, you know, you walk in deserving anything, you fight for it. Uh, people um, will not give you a gold star for your, you know, your private 
relationships, but they also believe they're private and uh, they don't go to their doctor and ask their doctor how their marriage is going or go to their dentist and they ask the question, you know, are you pushing it in front of our face and, and making it, the, you know, the centre of who you are? If you do, we'll mark you down. If it's your own personal business and you act like it's your own personal business and you get on with the job of looking after us, we'll ju judge you on the job you do for us. Um, and do you think some analysis has has uh, suggested that the more people yeah. outside the seat yeah. uh, were angry about you, the more support you got? That would be correct. I think that, to be quite frank, in some sections of the media, they overdid it, overcooked it. Uh, the nature of, I think, of Australians in general is they, if they see someone on the ground, they ask how they got there. If they see someone on the ground with other people sticking the slipper in, they say, well, that's just not our nature. We don't like that. And um, it's they become cynical of the person who's sticking the slipper in and they ask other questions and they, and they, they have an empathy because they say, well, that could be me and, you know, I wouldn't like it. And so... I was very proud of the fact we got a big swing to me in some of the Aboriginal communities, and that's just treating people with respect, understanding, understanding where they are, and understanding you know, their issues are terribly important to them. And really, they don't ask, they don't really ask an awful lot from Australia. People always think they get that wrong. They don't ask a lot. They're not living in the best suburbs, and. Uh, and also in general, business. What the business is like is that you try to bring on decentralisation. You, you, you parochially go out there and fight for the things that are important to them. Decentralisation, lower power prices, infrastructure such as roads, the things that bring commerce and business in. And as you've walked around, you understand why that's important. But do you think there's anything that the coalition needs to understand from this election? Don't feel, so they don't flame out. Don't feel, don't Keating style in yeah, you know ninety six. Be careful of you. Yeah, two big things. Um, remember a bit of your uh, classics from after hubris comes nemesis um, don't be humble wake up in the morning and think remember you are not endowed you're not this is not a god endowment it's an endowment of the people uh, and at any point in time the people can take it away and remember this you have a one seat majority not three not two one the speaker's one so you got two, 77, we didn't have Macquarie. The speaker's one, so that's 76, you got one. You got one. Is that a warning from you? No. Your one it, seat? No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just listen, 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 listen. Don't go to the front of the room and just talk. Also talk, give guidance, but listen. And remember that, that I, the one, after being in politics now, Surprisingly enough, a lot longer than most people. I'm their longest-serving National Party member. I tell you one thing: is it never a truer word is spoken than a, you know days a long time in politics. Uh, always prepare yourself to go back to the people, and if you go back uh, humbly but hardworking, you'll get a vote. If you go back and say, "Oh shit, that was a mistake. I was hoping I'd have a little bit more time before I could sort of present myself to you." Mm. Watch out. Barnaby's 
a popular member as far as I'm concerned. Rob Richardson was uh, living in Armidale and we spoke to him at his home. He's a retailer by profession and has also worked in the disability sector and the employment sector. He has been on the local Armidale Council. Uh, he's what you would call rusted on. Rusted on coalition voter, a, mem- a former member of the Liberal Party, but certainly rusted on to the coalition and uh, voted for um, Barnaby Joyce. He's a, a doer. He gets things done. Uh, he's a, he is a maverick and there aren't a lot of those left in politics these days. Uh, a lot of career politicians... Uh, he kind of breaks the mould and he reminds me of, of well, people like Bob Catter, um, Black Jack McEwen, um, those sort of characters, even you know, Bob Hawke, just the, just the big personalities. And, um, and he, he gets things done. I mean, moving the um, APVMA. In the 2016 election, when Tony Windsor looked like he might have a run again, Barnaby Joyce was a little unsettled and made a rash promise without taking it to Cabinet that he would take the Australian Pesticides and Veterinary Medicines Authority, the APVMA as we know it, from Canberra to Armidale. And that has reverberated in that seat ever since, really. Well, was is quite remarkable. And, and I know I've, I've got a friend in Canberra who, and he kept sending me these newspaper articles about how upset people in Canberra were that this had happened, how dare a regional city you know, steal one of our government departments. You know, this is where they should be in Canberra. But to do that, that was remarkable. And, um, you know, he's a lo- local fellow from um, Woolbrook, born in Woolbrook. He's... Uh, He's a guy that people can relate to, I think. Um, uh, mind you, there are plenty of people who dislike him passionately, from, from, uh, particularly from the Labor Party, but um, he's, yeah, he gets things done. He, um, he uh, you know, gets, rolls his sleeves up, you know, to use that overused phrase. And, um, uh, and I think also, this is just my personal opinion, that um, people ju- were just nervous about changing the changing to to the Labor Party for all sorts of reasons we know all the reasons uh, you know the franking credits and the the um, negative gearing and all those sorts of things so I think even people who may have wanted to vote for labor um, decided no it's just too risky someone made the comment to me the other day that it could even be in being partly due to the fact that we're just sick of changing Prime Minister, so let's leave Scott Morrison there for a little longer. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think he, he Barnaby benefited from that um, issue of the way that Scott Morrison ran his campaign. So I think Barnaby was a beneficiary of that. And, uh, and I think most people separate someone's personal life from their political life. I mean, you know, how many politicians over the many, many years have had really terrible personal lives but have been wonderful politicians. Um, They saw behind the media. 
Now, Rob Richardson's mate, Colin Gadd, is a swinging voter. He's voted for the Labor Party in the past at a state level. He's voted for Tony Windsor a couple of times. And they looked at the job he was doing. And there's, I think there's an increasing number of people like me who do that. Now, if somebody better came along, if somebody started, started campaigning for the next election next week, mm. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be watching them and seeing what they are doing and then asking them what they can do for us. Um, that's the sort of thing people are doing. If we vote for you, what will you do for us? What do you, what, will, we, will we get the Malpas, the Malpas Dam wall extended 10 metres? Um, will, will there be a scheme to make, make sure that we, the next time a drought comes along, little towns like Marundi and Musselbrook and those places don't have to cart water in a truck so people can have water to drink? Um, are you going to do that? How, what, what's your ideas about that? People starting to, I think, um, once you get away from the, the presidential campaign that the media keep wants, keeps wanting to, wanting to push, you're getting people that are looking at pol individual politicians and just saying, you know, you want us to vote for you, but what, do you, what will you do for us? It's like a job interview. So you've, been to, you've been to a job interview where someone say, okay, here's what we're offering you, what are you offering us? You've been so, a few job interviews. Yeah, so he got a, just, I'll make my final comment, he, because this will relate to... Yeah, so he got a... Just, I'll make my final comment. He, because this will relate to, in a sense, why you're here. He would have got a lot of rusted-off voters. He got me as a rusted-on voter, but I would have been a minority. He would have got a lot of voters who, like Colin, who, if someone else comes along, can offer great things, that that those that majority of voters will go that way. So and Barnaby knows that and he, he's relatively young politically, so he's gonna keep working hard to make make sure that Pete he keeps getting the rusted off voters. I discovered that really New England is a reflection of Australia in the sense that you have rusted on voters, rusted off voters, um and a group of a smaller group of swinging voters in between who decide elections. Now, Barnaby Joyce, being the character that he is and having the record that he does, uh, is seen as a high-profile member for that electorate. And in the absence of anyone else that uh, can bring that high-profile nature. Uh, and even bring better policy credentials, um, until that person arrives, New England will keep voting for Barnaby Joyce. He's seen uh, by his supporters as someone who gets things done. He obviously pays attention to the, to the really granular on-the-ground stuff um, with community groups he keeps contact with community groups keeps everyone happy in the sense of, you know, a government grant here, something else there, funding. Uh, the people who don't support Barnaby, who are, are sick of the kind of circus nature of some of his representation, um, really can't understand it. But at this stage, they're in a minority. And I think the other thing it shows is that if uh, independents want to challenge in big rural seats, they have to have a very long run-up 
They have to be working on the ground almost weeks after the last election in order to make a dent. They need resources uh, and they need to have a, a good infrastructure, social infrastructure, in order to challenge what are very long-standing cultural voting patterns. And of course, underlying all of that was this idea of uh, Labor having a very big policy platform, a controversial policy platform, which made people nervous of change. And, you know, as uh, my husband often said to our children with, you know, decisions that have were more and more complex. If you want an answer now, it's no. That's my sense of, you know, New England said, you know, if the decision's too confusing, too complex, we we don't know what's going to happen with a new government. We don't know if it's going to be a hung parliament. We'll just stick with the devil we know. Well, thank you so much, as always, for listening. We really do appreciate it. You know the drill. Uh, Tell your friends, share, subscribe, uh, download through your favourite podcast app, all of that business. Thank you, as always, to Miles Martignoni for services to production and to Hannah Izzard. Uh, We will be back next week. Listener.